is the blues on the street. Parade's complete, and Gloria is the new queen. You can't forsake the team in last place as they sang the Bruins to sleep. My memory is scummy, was this podcast that I'm in? Man, last season's out again, and Brink Moose is back in. Hey Pierre, what's wrong? What's going on? No team's gonna cut you a deal. Mitch said, hey Austin, you're awesome. Drop your pants and shock them. Now score like your game's freaking near. Unfriggin' believable. Sen's got no stars or snipers, but it's best draft in years. At least fans can't sleep easy, because here comes Lafreniere. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where two good friends get together and talk all things NHL and its implications in the fantasy hockey universe. universe. I'm not your host today, Nick Costu, but introducing your host today... Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing? Reminiscing about those old Harry Potter video games <laughs> we were just talking about. Yeah, some really good times back in the old days. I swear, you know what? They don't make the games like they used to. This These Last of Us 2 bullshit right. games. Don't buy them, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, that game is a bust. Simmer down. Bust. Kyle's, of course, falling for the reaction, the haste, the death threats on Metacritic, the entire internet. Do not read those, ladies and gentlemen, as a teaser the Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast will be in three weeks' time. Gotcha. We are just finish waiting for, for Kyle to finish the game, patiently waiting, and then we'll talk all things spoilers. The Last of Us Part Two. You've been warned. The Last of Us Part Two is mm. the Jonathan Drew end of hockey. <laughs> lots of promise, lots of technical yeah. skills. Doesn't deliver. The most contested player. <laughs> like you either love him or you hate him. Yeah. There's no in between. Just to be clear, I haven't played yet, so uh, I'm going to retract any statements and we'll revisit this again. But yes. uh, as host today, I want to be very clear. I want to make this a fantasy hockey show. Whoa. So no real life hockey stuff today. Well, what's there to talk about then? Because there's no fantasy hockey. Anymore. The implications on the fantasy hockey universe. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should take that out for now. <laughs> yeah, I know. No fantasy. You know what, though? We are we are doing fantasy baseball in a couple days. I have my draft. <clears throat> Yeah. So we're doing a sixty. It's they're doing MLB's doing sixty game season. Uh, no money. That's kind of we're just doing it for fun. You keep the integrity of the league. You keep the integrity of, but you don't spend any money. It's perfect. That's nice. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, hockey. Obviously, there's no reg season anymore, so you're kind of screwed. I guess some people have playoff pools going. So good on you. But uh, other than that, yeah, fantasy. As far as I'm concerned, I guess. Don't worry about that till I guess November. <clears throat> yeah, and you know what? Last time we met up in this basement here, Nick, we were all draft talk, mm-hmm. and things have really changed since then. We've noticed that uh, you know guys are getting into the training camps just this Monday. Hype is starting to really build. I can feel the the tension, the pressure in the air. I'm I'm dialed right into all the camp news and all that kind of stuff. So, what better day? What better topic than to do play in series previews? It's yeah, happening it, it, today. It's, ti- it's timely. It's it's finally time. Like I said, we Kyle and I could have done this, like I guess two months ago when they announced these matchups, 
Yeah. But we didn't know <clears throat> it was going to come to fruition. And now finally, once you see the players on the ice, your Instagram feed, and you see one guy yes. training in Dallas, one guy training in Colorado, one guy training in Toronto, they're all training. It's all legit. So, um, yeah, it sounds like we're a go. I think the only obstacle now is getting everyone in the bubble. Right? There haven't been too many positive tests. No, you know what? We knew there would be some tests, positive tests, and there has been. But from what I can hear, from what I'm hearing, it's nothing to be scared about. It's like, it's... Pizza, man! Oh, the pizza, pizza has pizza, arrived. Pizza, pizza, Thank you, Del. Do you want to give a quick word to the to the, to the the guests here? Hello. Perfect. Del, Wor- with her second appearance on the Rink Musaki podcast. Words of a poet. Yeah, it's a good scene. That's a great setup. So yeah, the 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 positive tests are are pretty much like what they got in their personal life that they're bringing into the camp. Yeah. So we all know as soon as we get into the bubble, everything's going to be locked down. Everything's going to be fine as long as no one breaks the rules, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not too worried. It it's it feels real now. It mm-hmm. really does. And you know you're you're starved for hockey content when uh, you obsess over the hotel bookings. Of, ah. of Toronto and Edmonton. Who's when I JW saw that, Marriott, who's at the, first thing yeah. I did was I looked them up, looked at the reviews, who's getting the shit you, hotel. Del. And uh, yeah, so we're starving, man. We are starving out here yeah. in Rink Moose. It's weird. I think, so one of the Toronto hotels is all the way at the X. And yes. And another one's smack downtown, right? So that's kind of weird. So, you know, well, you know the Royal York, which is right across yep. from Union. Yep. I thought when I saw that, I'm like, oh, well, that's the better one. Yeah, I thought so too. What are these better, what I are these so like too. top teams going to? And then I'm like, Hotel X, what's this? It's actually it's fucking way better. It's a new, it's, it must be brand new because we haven't heard, yeah, I've never heard of this hotel. It's got like a rooftop yeah. pool and all this shit. Apparently a lot of people are jealous that, you know, the top teams and Pittsburgh, like it's all, all the uh, the round robin yeah. teams and Pittsburgh are going to be in this great they hotel. It. They deserve it. Yeah. So that's cool. But uh why don't we uh, Why don't we dive into this? And before we get into our actual predictions and analysis and all that, I want to preface this with some uh, some thoughts about just various things. I'm going to um, preface this with some plates. Okay, <laughs> you're actually going to get plates. Okay, we're going to take a. Yeah, yeah, we're going to take. I'll I'll give you the stuff that Nick doesn't need to uh, to to be around for, but. Uh, let's see what we got here. So w- when I'm going over my predictions, this is just me personally. I don't know what Nick's going to do. Probably something stupid and wrong. But uh, in my opinion, stats mean less than they ever have when predicting these series. It's so easy to look at the, the regular season and think, oh, these are the same teams. It's the same roster, this and that. But guys, it's been a couple months. Like There's so many factors going against what these players are going to play like, who had a good off season or who had a good COVID season, what did they have access to, that kind of thing. So a lot of my predictions are going to be based on gut feel, intangibles, and especially leadership. That's actually one of my main categories of, of, uh, of determining my series is who's got good leadership, who has stayed on their workouts and that kind of thing. And... Um, one question I want to pose to Nick, who's just come back to us, thank goodness, is uh, who benefits most from this crazy layoff slash format? The old guys, the veterans, or the young guns? It, it's a debate people have been having, 
And uh, you can definitely make arguments for both sides. I want to hear your take on that. I'm going to go Young Guns. Really? I think, I think, hey, we know as well as anybody how hard it is to get back into game shape when you've been off for a long time. Everybody's body's different. But one certain thing is that the younger you are, the, the more conducive your body is to bouncing back and getting back to game action. And so I don't buy into this. They're, they're bitter they're bigger veterans they're not gonna party as much they're not gonna drink as much beer like i don't know man the younger kids they got six packs they're more fit you know what pierre mcguire said pierre said if you're under 25 and you're coming back from this covid thing to play in this play-in you better have a six pack or you're not on my team what an absolute ridiculous thing to say i like it it's so ridiculous if you're under 25 you should have a six pack if you're playing in the nhl you should well, I mean, that's just kind of that's like a thirteen-year-old's take on on things. But fair enough. I'll I'll it's disagree. Down, but I, I will absolutely disagree with you. And the reason is, I think that at the end of the season, generally you have your old guys who are much more experienced. Generally, they're a little bit tuckered out. Generally, they're a little bit worn out by the end of the year. They're just kind of like battling to stay in like proper playoff shape. Yeah. I think the you look at. Guys like Malkin, Crosby, um, just veterans, 30 plus, Ovechkin, coming in like with all their experience and being ready, you know those guys are going to be like well kept in shape over the over the offseason. Uh, I think that benefits them. They don't have to get as much used to the flow of the game. They know the systems better. I look at a Kale McCarr and I think, man, He's still new to the league. Quinn Hughes, he's new to the league. It's going to take them a little bit longer, even though they've got the young legs. I think all the uh, the energy is now equaled out, but the, the older guys, they know the game better. So that's why I think the veteran teams are going to benefit. But is, is three weeks not enough to get the technicality straight? I really don't. Like, It depends. If, if you're a team that really relies on a system like a trots, I think... It need you need time to get back intertwined into that system. I, I place more precedence in speed and skill, and those are the things you can't teach, unfortunately. You either have them or you don't have them. Right. And the reality is that those two things are going to come to the youngsters a lot sooner than it is to those veterans. So they might have the hockey IQ. They might have had more time to read the hockey books and to be with their coaches and stuff and had more years of, of learning systems and stuff, but I think that's overrated. <clears throat> I think three weeks you could easily drill down what defensive positioning is, all that jazz, and I expect this to be fast, loose hockey. If there's one thing we've heard those thus far in the training camps, in these scrimmages, it's been the fastest <clears throat> hockey all season. That's what everybody's saying. Bullshit. Fastest hockey. They I, said if this is any indication of how these games are going to be, this is going to be the fastest hockey this 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 game has ever seen. I don't know. <clears throat> I hope you're right, but I could also see it going into a grinding, sloppy, ugly style, which I hope it doesn't. But I think it's going to be one of the two of them, and then it'll neutralize to the middle. But I, I'll, I'll stick with my thing about... I mean, like, I look at a Boston Bruins team. Like, who do you think is going to come out of this more on top? The Boston Bruins, who have been disciplined with their workouts and well-rested, or the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have been kind of fucking around... William Nylander doing dances on, you know, City Hall. Like, I just don't see it happening. I, I see Boston young, fresh, and, and they're looking like, like a million bucks right now. 
like I said, it, you're right. It's not going to fall one way. It's not going to fall in the middle. It's going to be one way or the other. It's either the vet teams will come out and the vet players will come out to play or the youngsters will come out mm. and the youngsters will come to play. My money right now is on the young teams. Uh, we will get into that as we get into the seas, uh, into the teams, but I don't know. I, mm. I, I, I Again, I, I, I see the things you can teach. I see the things you can't teach. And as far as just having good cardiovascular strength and, and having good endurance and getting ready for game shape, I, I just I got to give the nod to the to the youngsters there. So that's where my money is on that subject. So while you're away, I just quickly I, I went over about how I kind of ranked how I went about the series. To me, stats mean less than they ever have mm-hmm. in a prediction type setting. Right. Um, a lot of this is based on gut feeling, intangibles. Uh, and leadership factors. Like if you're a, a team with loosey-goosey leadership, I could see you definitely kind of slacking off during the COVID season. That's going to be the main factor here, ladies and gentlemen. Who's been doing what when, when things have been off here? I know Patrick Laine has been fucking around in Finland this whole time. He hasn't put on skates once. I know that. I also know Connor McDavid's been skating for over a month and probably busting his nuts every day. So, I mean... That's what's going to come to fruition. And part of my prediction has been, what do I think these guys have been doing here? You know, uh, and, and that goes into character. Sure. That goes into all the intangibles. Yeah. No, just to preface this, this is going to be the most bullshit prediction episode ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because no one knows what to expect. This, this is unprecedented times. You don't know what you're going to get. And uh, we're just playing with our best guesses here. So <clears throat> you're right. If there's anything that stays stable despite COVID, despite these pauses in action, this like five month pause we've had, it's the intangibles, right? You know who has character, you know who doesn't. Yep. Yep. And so I get why you're sticking by your guns there. Um, But again, I I think this will be fast hockey. And so I I do go back to that skill and speed quotient. Okay. But but characters, yeah. I mean, you're clearly going to see some guys are in better shape than others. We've seen indications of that so far at training camp. So, <laughs> I see what you're getting at, and uh, yeah, I mean, who's who's eating well, who's not eating well, who's who's leaving the bubble, who's not leaving the bubble, who's got a gym at home. We can't control those factors. Yeah, we're just a couple lads talking <laughs> about the hockey, and we can't control what these hooligans are going to do on their off days and what they're going to eat. So, yeah, like I said, we got the teams in front of us. We got we got their <clears throat> their scores. We got their stats. We got. All that stuff. You can either look at that or not, but the reality is we, we know just as well as, as, you know, nobody knows any better than anybody else, you know? One more point I want to make before we dive into this. Five-game series hasn't been done for mm-hmm. decades. I don't even know when the last time it was done. No, very, very small margin for error. More pressure on the favorites. Like the heavy favorites will be very, very much pressured. Mm-hmm. I'm talking if I'm Pittsburgh and I'm facing deadbeat Montreal in a five-gamer, I got a lot of pressure on me. So I think pressure will play a huge part knowing that if you make a small mistake, one or two games, you're in big trouble. So I, I, I've definitely factored that in as well. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating how quickly you'll get eliminated the teams will get eliminated yeah they'll spend three weeks in training camp all this preparation all this and then in the span of like five days you could just be eliminated talk about like a, a game is worth more currency like a game is worth more in this series now talk about a goalie stealing a game a goalie all of a sudden getting hot could mean your ticket to 
the the dance, right. you know. Or, or if your starter looks bad game one, yes, all the more incentive to switch him up in game two. Yeah, so goalies are a Short massive leash. wild card. Yeah, so with that all that being said, let's uh, let's dive right in. Agreed. Eastern Conference. We'll start with, as per usual, and I'm going to start with the probably my favorite series of the whole tournament. Um, two teams that rest really dear in my heart are the Penguins versus the Canadians. Yeah. A lopsided affair of five versus twelve. Is this going to be a just a blowout? Um, I really don't see it that way, and I'll I'll, I'll get into why. Um, so my key pieces here, obviously, Crosby, Malkin, they're going to be very fresh. They're going to be very ready. You know they've been keeping up to shape. In fact, I heard rumors that Malkin was texting all the boys saying, you better be fucking ready to go day one at camp. And from what I've heard out of the news outlets, they've been ready. Gensel's back. So he's healthy. Latang, who's a fucking injury, um, you know, stallion. He's back. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Uh, you got Zucker, John Marino, crazy guy, and then... Come on, the day I envisioned Kyle Church talking about John Marino? That, that guy... Is a, that is a definition of a Pierre Maguire player. The I'll tell you what. tooting his horn out of just nowhere? Har- Harvard defenseman? out of your ball sack? No! I looked, when I looked at the stats, I'm like, man, this guy's actually important as shit. He's got over a .5 points per game on the defense. This is like Pierre Maguire's favorite guy in the world. This guy, he was tooting his horn like... Really? Like like 10 months ago, he was tooting his horn. I didn't know that. He's from Northeastern Massachusetts. I didn't know that. All I did was... the University of UMass and Amherst. No, he was a Harvard guy. I know. He was a Harvard guy, so he's been unreal. And Black A Samuel Poulin, who I told you about a week ago, don't be surprised if he cracks the lineup on the third line. Um, but you know what? Hey, don't don't count out the Montreal guys. Domi's a question mark. Mm. So he's got his, uh, his diabetes. That's a question mark. But you've got big playoff performers. You've got guys like Gallagher. Price can yep. steal a series. Weber. Duran in the playoffs. Last time he was in the playoffs, he was amazing. Kotkaniemi, uh, and the big crux of this series, in yeah. my opinion, huge, huge crux. Nick Suzuki is your second line centerman. Is he going to get fucked by Malkin, or is he going to is is he going to tread water? I don't know. But uh, those are the key pieces I have. Uh, regular season story: Penguins beat the Montreal Canadiens in every category. Let's just let's just put that to bed. So now we'll get into the storylines of the series, and, and we'll have some discussion here. So first topic I have here, Nick, is the goalie effect. Um, the main storyline, everyone's yeah. talking about it. A really good way to put it is, in the last couple of years, Carey Price has been known as one of the best goalies in the world, if not the best. This year, in about a week or so, we get to figure out, is that still the case? I fully believe if, if Price just plays average, he's done. His time at, at the top of the heap is over. Um, and then on the other side of the things, who the fuck's going to be in the Pittsburgh net? I actually don't have an answer for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Murray with a very short leash, but that's the first major, major storyline there. Yeah. Um, 
it's a fun one. It's a fun storyline to look. If you got to give the advantage to somebody, you definitely got to give it to Montreal. I mean, it's obviously Carey Price. He doesn't have many shots to play in a playoff game, but he, he's getting one now. Mm -hmm. it's, it's what he's always wanted, you know, being in the being in the playoffs. When he has been there, he's he's been solid. So, I mean, you look back to all those series, you know, beating the Bruins and those series against the Rangers. I mean, he's been good. Um, but he he wants to prove himself in the playoffs. That's the part of his legacy. He's got nothing to show for, and yeah, I think uh, I I think he's this is this is what he's been craving. Um, with that said, the team in front of him, I don't know how much of an incentive there is going to be to to put a hundred percent effort. Right? We've talked about this. The Lafreniere thing, the fan yeah. base, Bergevin. It's a it's a tumultuous issue, right? How much yep. do, how much does Bergevin actually want this series? <laughs> I, I I've been reading so many articles out of the Montreal Athletic of these writers writing about how they'd be, even the writers are saying they'd be so better served by losing this matchup. Right. Not only do you get the chance at Lafreniere, which you've been craving, but if you fail to get him, you're picking ninth. Right. So would you not rather have a chance at Laf in the ninth overall pick than some? BS try at a cup. Sure, you might beat Pittsburgh. Maybe they do. Mm -hmm. But then who else you got to beat? Boston. Oh. Tampa. Oh. St. Louis. Colorado. Yeah, like St. Louis is easy. Colorado. No. I'm Could just, you imagine that final? Though? Like, okay, it's a three. You're right. It's a five-game series. Anything can happen. Maybe you do get by Pittsburgh. Maybe. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's a long road after that. You got to win four more series is. And I'd rather just call it and get the get the draft pick, right? A guarantee at Lafreniere, and if I don't get Lafreniere, well, then I'm getting Alexander Holtz or uh, right. Jake Sanderson. Yeah, no, I and I think from a general manager's perspective and from some fan perspective, you're right. But if I'm the players and I'm the coach, I, I don't think those kinds of organizational thoughts are crossing my mind. I think... Uh, Montreal's walking into this. If you're Weber or Price, definitely not. Yeah, no, exactly. Those guys, and especially Price, is going to go down if he doesn't do something as one of the all-time great goalies who's never had success. There's no way he wants that. Montreal's walking into this pressure-wise, loosey-goosey, happy to be here, walk in. If we lose, it's good. If we win, bonus. So they're walking in with absolutely nothing on their shoulders, and I think that's a huge factor. Now look at the Pittsburgh perspective on pressure, massive pressure. They're facing the lowest seed. They're healthy. If they lose after getting swept last year, yeah. they got swept last year. That was embarrassing. There, there was chatter, and now if they lose, there's going to be more chatter. There's going to be like this thing's over kind of chatter. This is going to be yeah. Crosby and Malkin's reign is over kind of chatter. So there is so much riding on this series yeah. for these guys. And all it takes, Nick, I'm not even kidding, game one, it's such a short series. Game one, Price makes a couple key saves early. Yeah. Every single player, both sides of the, of the benches, in their head, they're going to be like, holy fuck, he's going to steal a series. You grip your stick tighter. You get nervous. It's so close. Like, Something little like that can happen. It's it's really really yeah. interesting. I mean, I'll I'll cut to the chase, and and the, there's three factors why I like Pittsburgh here. The first factor is, like you mentioned, they're all they're healthy. This team rarely is fully healthy. They rarely have their star defensemen and their star forwards all ready to go. Their top power play unit ready to go. The fact is, 
you have all your studs ready, healthy. You have under, you know, underdog guys like John Marino coming out on out like I don't know where we're going to help. You have Jake Gensel, who's obviously going to help. Huge fantasy stud for me this season when he was healthy. I mean, health, that's number one for me. Number two, you have the savviness of a coach like Mike Sullivan and his coaching staff. They've been to cup finals. They've been they, 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 they've won two cups, three cups, right? Mm-hmm. They know how to get it done. They're, they're mature. They're professionals. They're total pros. And I just don't see that same persona ingrained in the Montreal Canadiens team or staff. Yeah. And so to me, I just that professionalism, that character, if you want to go down that road with one of those qualities you're really you know, hanging on to in tonight's discussion. Well, then that's that you got to give the nod to them. And then ultimately Crosby. I mean, mm. you got it. You got to get a feeling. He's so uber competitive. Mm. He can't, he's not going out in the first round like last year. No. He's not letting that happen again. No he's been all over his teammates this whole pandemic to be ready to go. So those three factors, <clears throat> I, I would, I, and, and the incentive for Montreal not to win the series, this to me would be probably the biggest upset if if Montreal pulls it off. Agreed. I, I would go <clears throat> that far. So yep. that's that's where I'm leaning. That's all I have to say about the series. Um, so yeah, into my prediction here, I think uh, Pittsburgh gets a little more than they thought than that, that they would get in Montreal, who's a fast, loose, scrappy squad. I think Price can steal a couple games, again with the thing about stealing a couple saves early. Um, but at the end of the day, Pittsburgh's fresh veteran core will remain calm, professional, and uh, consistent against Montreal and, and just deliver a solid performance. That being said, I think this is actually going to go a little bit of a, a little bit of a battle, and it's going to go to four. It's going to go to four games. So I got Pittsburgh in four. Carey Price steals a game. Everyone's talking about it, and then Pittsburgh's veterans shut it down. Right. Uh, so Pittsburgh in four. How many games? Yeah, I didn't <clears throat> give games, but I'd say that's the safest prediction. You don't want to be aggressive and say they're going to sweep them, especially with Price. Right. Yeah. Um, if it goes five, then it means Montreal gave it a good fight. So, I think four is the safest. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd, mat, I'd back, back that. Mm-hmm. I go pit at four, and that's a series where I, I will not miss a game. Yeah, just because the, the game times are conducive to your schedule there. Yeah. Well, I hope so. They're going to be prime time game times. So you know that. <clears throat> with Montreal there. Yeah, I like I like that they've separated <clears throat> the Leafs in Montreal. They're all on different days, so mm-hmm. savvy scheduling there by the Sportsnet crew. For sure. On to the Hurricanes versus Rangers. Really uh not a series I'm actually too excited about, but when you dive in, you realize that these are two teams that could make a lot of noise. So um Panarin's a Ted Lindsay finalist. Zabanajad got 41 goals, 75 points in 57 games. Where the fuck did that come from? And then you've got the goalie situation in New York, which is very fascinating. Mm. Shesjorkin with a 932-252 in a very small sample size, mind you. You've got Georgiev with a 910 and King Henrik trailing with a 905. So that's that's quite interesting on the New York side. Um, and then on the uh, hurricane side, you've got a lot of young guys. You got Aho, Svechnikov. You've got guys like 
Justin Williams, Mr. Game 7, a little bit of veteran leadership. What's Nino going to deliver? Vincent Trocek, he's been shit all year. Is this, was it because of an injury? Is this going to be different? Um, And on the defense, Slavin especially is going to get the marquee job of stopping those two guys, I said, Panarin and Zibanejad. Uh, A lot of this is going to be based on the fact, can he do that? Mrazek is a low point at uh, with a 9.05 save percentage. Um, so storylines here. <clears throat> right off the bat, I want to get into the goalie battle. Um, I believe the Rangers have a such a clear-cut edge here. Uh, they're going to probably roll Shesterkin, Shesty, I'm going to call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Lundqvist will be the guy waiting in the wings. I don't think wow. Georgiev or Gorgiev is going to have a chance here. I think you've got that veteran who doesn't have a cup. And I think Shesty is going to have a very short leash. I think they're, they're going to want to maybe kind of... I, I All I'm saying is I think you're going to see Lundqvist in the playoffs. I'm, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Hmm. And then Mrazek... Fuck, I just don't have any faith, faith in Mrazek. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. that's the one... When I looked at this matchup, I, I will admit... You know, I, I mentioned to you five of eight of these matchups. I was, uh, I, I, I had a cl- my my mind was made up as to who the victor would be. Not even looking at underlying statistics. I just had a feel thing. But this was one of the three that I look at, and I just told myself, you know what, this could be a tight series. I mean, pound for pound, Carolina has the better roster in my mind. I mean. The depth on defense is is arguably the best in the entire league. It's part of the reason they made it all the way to the conference finals last year. Um, you know, you got a lot of healthy bodies coming back. Dougie Hamilton. Who's that? Brett Pushy. Who? And so these are two guys who were kind of not in and out of the lineup all year. Hamilton was out a long time. And, you know, Hamilton, that's a, that's a Norse ballot kind of defenseman, and you're just getting him in there. And Brett Pesci, that's a top four D. So you're getting fully he- – I think Carolina benefits from the from the whole layoff health factor. Um, and then, you know, they've been there, done that. They went two rounds last year. They got a big motivator coach in Brindamore. Um, I just – to me, this team looks more built for the playoffs. They're, they're just built for the playoffs. And, it, and their record, why they were so far ahead of the Rangers, speaks for itself. So, to me, I mean, I like Carolina, but I will admit, the one thing is that goaltending you just mentioned, that one important storyline, right? I mean, yeah. you obviously, I love the Ranger goaltending. That Shesterkin mm. is is fantastic. And, and Georgiev, we all know how well he can just steal games. They have two goalies who can steal games. Those two guys can just steal a game. Mm. And I can't say the same for Mrazek. Or who's, no. a, who's a backup? James Reimer? Yep. Like, Jesus yep. Christ. I know. It's weak. And the team in front of them is so good, it's part of the reason they had that, you know, the, the rink guy win the game. <laughs> it feels like ages ago when that yeah. happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's um, a different time. Yeah, different time. Um, so, yeah. Like, I could literally be the goalie on this team, and we could win the game <clears throat> 5-4. Yeah. So, <clears throat> that's that's Carolina for you. And, and, and uh, you know, I'll, as usual on this show, I, I've been willing to take the L on the goalies. I'll risk the goalie factor when it comes to that. I like the team in front of I always put more precedence on the team in front of the goalie. So, to me, I just I look at the healthy D. I look at the full complete 
you know, Carolina Hurricanes with their captain, Justin Williams, back. And I can't really uh, disagree with them. Despite the fact I originally had New York picked. I did. Mm. I, I look at guys like Zabanajad. I look at guys like Panarin. These are game breakers. Carolina lacks game breakers. Yeah. You know, say what you yeah. want about Ajo, but like, yeah. no, I agree. Ajo's not Zabanajad or Panarin. No, I agree. And and these game breakers in a short series can be scary, mm-hmm. especially if they abuse a goaltender. Mm-hmm. And so I had Carolina, they lost all four games against the Rangers this year. Mm. And mm-hmm. when you go back to the teams who voted against this play-in, they were one of the two for that very reason. Right. In fact, they were matched up. So it is, I don't want to make it sound like I'm all over Carolina here. This was a tough call to make. Right. And it's a reason I told the audience when you were out of the five of eight, I, I had an opinion on, or I knew who was going to win. Right. This is one of the <clears> ones I really had to think hard about. So yep. I originally had New York, went back to Carolina. I'm going to stick with Carolina. Wow. In five? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay. When I was looking at this series, like the the thing that jumped out at me first was a huge disparity in defensive play. Carolina, second best in shot suppression. Rangers, second worst. So they lean on their goalie like a crutch. Hurricanes penalty kill and goals against are top half of the league. Rangers are bottom half. Um so, again, the goalies are doing a ton of the work. Uh, I like that advantage for Carolina. I also like, from a leadership perspective, Carolina has a guy like Brindamore, who I know the players really respect, like you said. They don't want to have him disappointed. They're going to they're gonna come to camp healthy and ready to go. They also have Justin Williams, who's going to provide a guiding light. The Rangers, I don't see a, I don't see a ton of leadership. You know, like who do you look at on the Rangers who you're like, okay, that's gonna that guy's gonna keep things accountable when you're in the hotel and guys want to go out and party and Panarin wants to do his chicken dance. You know, yeah. Um, but then I move to the intangibles. Um, about equal pressure. One thing is, and I just can't stress this enough: Panarin is the best player in the series. Ted Lindsay finalist. Mm-hmm. and Rangers have the best goalie. So those two pairs, I mean, goalie and best player, it's super hard for me to go against that kind of team. I do think Justin Williams is getting a little long in the tooth. Um, and I think the defensive structure that Carolina did so much work to perfect, I think that's going to take a little bit of time to get back to where it was. That So... With all that considered, I think the Rangers, with their star power, I think they're going to bust through the slave in defense and and, wow. th- and that kind of thing. And I think they're going to eke it out in five games. Wow. Um, I could picture Panarin and Zibanejad, key, timely, power play strikes, um, and just working that slave in line hard and, and having that, again, like you said, speed and skill. Whereas the slave in and the the defensive structure is going to take a bit of time to get back to, to fruition. So I think for that reason, goalie, star power, Rangers in five, it was dead close. And it was hard for me to go against that defense. It really was. I don't, like I said, I don't disagree. It was one of the hardest ones to pick. And uh, yeah. it's a good point. And it goes to what we talked about earlier. What do you put more precedence in? The speed <clears throat> and the skill of, of a player like Panarin or Zibanejad? Right. Or the defensive acumen and the you know technical aspect and the game planning 
of a team like Carolina who will only allow like 15 shots on goal a game, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Depends what you want to put your precedence in, but it's just it's yeah. ever so interesting because I mean, I think Panarin doesn't get enough hype. Like as a Ted Lindsay finalist that he's considered a McKinnon, a Drysaddle, a McDavid type of mm-hmm. echelon player. That is just you can't say enough about that. And he's playing with a 40 goal scorer. I mean, it's good luck stopping it. I mean, it, it's going to be tough. I've seen this Carolina defense stop too many stars. Yeah. You know, the stars don't tend to play well against the Slavin and the Hamiltons. Right. And then I look at the depth. Well, who's going to score for the Rangers if the top line doesn't? And the reality right. is I, I just don't have a lot of faith in a Ryan Strom or a Capococco and yeah. whoever else you have. So it's the secondary scoring that I think is needs attention here. And I think Carolina actually has more secondary scoring. I, they have a more balanced approach, right? Yes, you have the top line of Ajo and Sveshnikov, but the reality is you can count on you know Vincent Trocheck producing. Don't forget about him getting I, traded over. That'll be a big and, question. And, 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 that'll and be Justin a big... Williams will pocket a couple. And, yeah. and, and so Jordan Stahl is always one of their key guys. So, yeah, Nito Niederreiter can get hot or cold. So You know what? Know. Naming those guys... Carolina has a lot of like underachievers, you know, from the regular yeah. season. Like those guys didn't show up really. So if those guys do do what they can, maybe that does swing it. But and here's the other thing: one factor that I really looked at going into these predictions is which team needs it more. Carolina <clears throat> needs this more. I would agree with that. Rangers are in a big rebuild. They're just happy to be here. They're happy they got in. Yeah. Carolina. They made trades for Sammy Vatanen before the deadline, Brady Skay before the deadline. Those are two key defensemen they just traded for before the deadline. They have more to lose. Yeah. They're more all in. They're <clears> going <throat> to bring a harder effort. Carolina should win this series. Yeah, they've been building for a while. <clears throat> so that's that, that's a toss between us. Let's move on to Islanders Panthers. Which actually like it's actually pretty interesting. You know, it's, I mean, you've got key pieces here. You've got Barzell, Eberly, Lee, Pajot, if you won't forget that. He's been a key pickup at the trade deadline. Why don't I name this? The entire fourth line of the Islanders. How about that? Why don't we take that into consider, consideration? Varlamov is, is motivated. Devon Taves is underrated. Barry Trotz, massive X factor in this whole series. Can he get that system going? And then when you look at the Panthers, it's it's more about star power. It's more about the Barkovs, the Huberdos, the 90-plus point guys, Dadanov, Haula, which I'm not convinced is, a, is an extra, is an excellent two, number two center. Ekblad, if you ask me if Florida's going to have a chance of doing some damage this playoff, Ekblad is due for a coming out party. And he better have one in this series because... By all intents and purposes, Florida's defense is not very good. Um, so the first storyline I want to get to is the Islanders' leadership. Um, you know without a doubt that Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz have kept this team on a very sharp, short leash over this layoff, giving them workouts and that kind of thing. You don't want to show up to this camp out of shape. There's no way they're unprepared. Meanwhile, in Florida, and I'll ask this again, where do you look at Florida and say that guy's going to keep guys accountable? Like, is does Barkov kind of do that kind of thing, or 
I mean, Florida's the epicenter of the pandemic. Like, Florida just seems like a team that's just not very well disciplined, you know? Yeah, I heard all their players stayed in Florida the whole pandemic. Which is a fucking brutal mistake. No one was skating in Sweden or anything like that. They were all just... uh, And of course they would, right? Oh, let's stay in Florida. The weather's nice in March, so we're staying in Florida. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they seem like a group of hot dogs. Yeah. That's kind of what Florida is. Like, all, all year it's been the same... Same spiel, like a guy like Quenville, hard-nosed guy is supposed to impose discipline on them. Never really got it to work. You know, he's going to need more time, a great coach like that. You look at Florida, sixth in goal scored all year, 28th in goals against. Brutal. Yeah, like 28. Brutal. 28 and you're in the playoffs? Give me a break. That's like Leafs bad. Yeah. So, I mean... It's it's something you got, and then you look at Islanders, who are literally like the definition of defensively sound hockey teams, right? Nick hockey teams. So oh, when stop. It, <laughs> you give yourself too much credit. Yeah, I'm the Barry Trots of the <laughs> podcast, not you. Fine. Um. So yeah, Barry Trots. He's gonna keep tabs on his players during the pandemic. Again, going back to my argument, who has more to lose? Don't forget, the Islanders gave up a first round pick for JT Pajot. Right. Yep. That's gonna be like a top twenty pick that Ottawa's just gonna gonna have in there to sprinkle in with their already two top five picks. Mm-hmm. So they got more to lose. They traded up. They tra- they wanted this guy. They're hoping he, <clears throat> he he he. We've seen him produce in the playoffs. Remember those Pajot 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 yeah. days? Great. Yeah. When Ottawa was had their run. Yep. I mean, this guy is a playoff caliber player. A guy who steps in in the playoffs. So I got to give the nod to him. I got to give the nod to Trots. I've always liked their goaltending. I like their little tandem. They have the best goalie coach in the whole league, which let's get let's get back to Florida. Bobrovsky's done nothing to instill confidence in this year, right? No nope. reason to trust him. You think he was practicing during the pandemic? No, I don't. There you go. I really don't. There you go. Um, Islanders swept the Pens last year. You know, lost a hard no series against the the Hurricanes. Been there, done that. I just too many factors going for the Islanders here. You know what? <clears throat> On one side, you've got star power. You've got the offense versus the defense. One thing I want to—I have to mention this. Look at the okay. So, do you know who the the second line center of the Panthers is? Eric Halla. Eric Halla doesn't fucking drive me up the wall. I'll tell you that. No. The the Islanders center depth is something that. Many teams would would covet Barzell, Brock Nelson, JG Pajot, and Casey Zizekas. That whole fourth line. You got Matt Martin. This team's built for the playoffs. You've got center depth. You've got a great coach. You've got one of the fastest, in fact, by this year's standards, the fastest player in the NHL, according to the All Star game. Like the Islanders, it just screams Islanders, doesn't it? Uh, speak, uh, we're going to get into this theme. This is going to be throughout the show. We, we call it the young guns segment of the show. We talk about the youngsters getting their chance. Right. Is Noah Dobson going to be playing for the Islanders? He's going to get his, yes. Good. He's going to be in the bottom pair. And then depending on how well he plays, he could work his way up. Very nice. He's a champion, man. He, he's won two Memorial Cups. This guy, this guy can do it. And, And going back to that center depth for the Panthers, I mean... 
you can include Kyle and I can include ourselves on that boat where we kind of shook ourselves after the Trocheck trade. What the fuck were they doing? Uh, you've lost your center depth. Your your centers are Halla, Walmart, and Achari under Barkov. I mean, it's disgusting. That, it's asking too much of your first line. You think a hot dog like Mike Hoffman was doing workouts in the in the pen? No, no, I really don't. I don't. I really don't. I really don't. And uh, it's I think Anders Lee was though. Yandel and Ekblad, they weren't doing shit. No, 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 no. God no. So they were hanging out in Florida, yeah. and they may have already had the pan, the the fucking virus mm-hmm. already, probably. Yeah. So I don't know what else to say. Islanders, I this was not one of those I had to think long and hard about. This is one of the five where I I knew who I was going to go with right away. Yeah. So uh, Islanders in how many games? Um. I'll go Islanders in four. I think there's enough star power in Florida to like give them like some kind of a fighting chance. You know, like that that first line's just one of the best first lines in the whole league. Yeah. Like I can't discount Barkov. So mm-hmm. I was thinking sweep, but I'm like, nah. I'll go I'll go Islanders in four. I've got Islanders in four. Nice. We gotta be more different. We have been different. <laughs> we were different in the second matchup. I guess, yeah. Here's somewhere we'll, where we will probably be different mm-hmm. is the Leafs and the Blue Jackets mm-hmm. as the final series in the Eastern Conference. Um, again, this is going to be a series I, you know what, I can't miss any of these games. Wow. Like, the, hopefully they stagger with the Montreal. I, I, didn't, I didn't look at it, but I cannot miss one of these games because this, I'm going to be cheering so hard for the Blue Jackets <laughs> for many reasons. You know why. So, uh, obviously, I don't need to go through the key pieces on Toronto. <clears throat> the usual suspects, Matthews, Tavares, etc. Big question here is, Freddie Anderson is typically, typically a slow starter. So, we'll keep an eye on that. <clears throat> uh, Blue Jackets, Dubois, Atkinson, Bjorkstrand, Jones, Wierenski. Josh Anderson will not play. Very huge blow. Uh, but you got guys like Jenner, Felino, Elvis. Liam Foody, torts, mm. huge, huge factor. So uh, I think this is the biggest talent disparity in the whole East. I think uh, we're going to have a pure Maple Leafs offense versus a team buy-in defense. Um, and you know what? The, the Leafs have had just better stats overall. Um, but they're inconsistent. We've seen Leafs win big games. We've seen them blow huge games. So the first storyline I want to get into, the vet versus the rookie, offense versus defense, systems versus passion, talent versus character, Keefe versus Torts. <laughs> Let's get into this. So here's what's going to happen. Torts is going to give a big passionate speech like he did before that Tampa series. Yeah. Hey, everything's going to look good. They might even come out strong in game one. They might even beat the Leafs in game one. But I got to go with the Leafs in this series. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Can't just jump into it like that. Why not? <laughs> I'm that confident about this. No, that. you're wrong. I am that confident about this series. I, I, I do not. Sure, they made a good effort against Tampa last year. They swept them in four games. What a, We will never forget that in our lives. Never. It's gone down in hockey folklore, as Pierre Maguire would say. But 
The Leafs, this is the thing with the Leafs. And this isn't just the homegrown bias coming in. The rose-colored glasses, as they'd say. <laughs> this team for it. far too long has had to play the Boston Bruins in the first round. Three <clears throat> years and counting. And then they play the Washington Capitals. Okay, these teams that go on to the cup final, go on to win the cup, they've been dealt a very tough hand. Okay, that's that's one. Okay, don't forget this team took Boston to seven last year. They took them to seven the year before that. They had a 3-2 lead against the Bruins last year. They have, they have every reason to advance. They just couldn't get past the big bad Bruins. And finally... They get a chance against a team I believe they're capable of beating. I watched all the games all year against Blue Jackets Toronto. The Leafs generally match up okay against them. You know, it's kind of polar opposites. Leafs third in offense, 25th goals against. Jackets, third in goals against, but 27th in offense. They can't That's score. That's crazy. That's crazy. They can't score. And, man, and I guess I'd into factor two here. Merzlinkis and Corpusalo have no playoff experience whatsoever. Say what you want it's about okay. how technically sound Merzlinkis is and, and all that bullshit, but he hasn't played a playoff game in his life. It's okay. Whereas these Leaf players have been through so much adversity. Freddie Anderson's been through so many mind games in the playoffs against the Bruins. He's been through so much. Like, I just... like. Kyle, you talk veterans. If you want veterans, you got to go with the Leafs here. I know they're young and and and, and that whole factor, but they have been they, they've they've had their playoff bruises, you know, and and you can't discount that. And and I just think you can't overlook that. You can't overlook this is their first chance to beat Boston. You can't overlook Freddie Anderson is a superior goalie to either of those two goaltenders. Meh. You can't you cannot overlook the fact that they need this more than the Jackets do. The Leafs need this more. Going back to that argument, who needs this win more? Kyle Dubas needs this to save his job. Yeah. He just does. Yes. And, and he knows it. The Leafs know it. And like I go back from the start of the show, three weeks is more than enough time for Sheldon Keefe to instill some kind of defensive structure. All I've been hearing from those Leafs reporters, the Mark Masters of the such, all they've been doing in practice, long practice time is defensive zone coverage, the forwards helping the D. That's what I want to hear day two of, of, of practice. Now you still got two and a half more weeks to work on it. Okay? You can teach that stuff. Defense you can teach. You cannot teach putting the puck in the net. And the Blue Jackets cannot score. 27th in the in the league in scoring. I don't believe in an Alexander Wenberg as your second-line center, a Boone Jenner as your third-line center. I, I just don't believe in them. I want Matthews. I want Tavares. I want Kerfoot. I want Gauthier. They, they are from top to bottom. They just have more depth. The defense, fair enough. We don't have that Zach Rensky. They don't have a Seth Jones. They don't have the David Savard who put on a heroic performance against the Lightning last year. Fair enough. I will cede you that. But I don't know. Arrested Morgan Riley? He's arguably the best defenseman in the whole series, and the Leafs have him. God, no. Disagree. Has Riley ever been on a Norris ballot? He was last year. Has Jones ever been on a Norris ballot? I don't know. I think he may have. I don't know. And he certainly will. I don't know. The point is, that's if, if Riley's not better than Jones, at the very least, they cancel each other out. And then I got to give the edge goaltending and forward to Leafs. I don't care what inspirational speech Torts is going to give. I just don't think it'll be enough. His loud pipe of a voice will not be enough to beat this Leafs team that's been waiting so long 
to get past the first round. <clears throat> I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because Matthews is fat? Because Matthews has come to camp fat and out of shape. <laughs> it's that simple. All I, I'm not, not even kidding. Every time I look into the Leafs camp, all I hear is Matthews is fat. And then the second thing I hear is Keefe is disappointed. Why? Why do I have to hear this stuff, Nick? Why am I? Why am I hearing there's a six-five scrimmage and Keith is is livid because no defense was being played? I will maintain my status on this Leafs team is is made up of losers who can't win. They're not built for the playoffs. I'll, I'll maintain that. Um, this isn't the playoffs, though. This is the. Pl- they're going to treat it this like the playoffs. This is a sprint playoff. This is the. Fu- this is more playoffs than they'll ever fucking see because it's five games and every game matters more than ever. These games matter more than a fucking conference final game because it's five games. Can the Leafs handle the physicality? I'm not sure. Maybe. Is Elvis legit? I certainly think so. Does Freddie get off to slow starts? Probably. He usually does. Uh, will we see Jack Campbell? I think you're going to see Jack Campbell sometime this series, Nick. I really do. Now, when you talk about pressure, one team that has more pressure than Pittsburgh, it's Toronto. Especially from the fucking head office all the way down. The pressure is squarely on the Leafs. The Blue Jackets are waltzing into this with a beautiful flower dance. And they're going, yeah, we're just here to fuck around, boys. We're going to walk into Toronto because if Toronto loses, heads will roll. And Torts knows this, and he will use this to his advantage. He's going to say, boys, every single person out there is counting you out. Those guys have all the pressure. Just play your game. Turn it into a grinding game, which they can certainly do, and uh, and take away the ice. And I think that's how this, this game is going to be played. I think you're going to get some strikes on the power play from the fucking uh, top guns on the Leafs. But at the end of the day, I think... You know what? I think you're going to see Pierre-Luc Dubois outperform Austin Matthews. 2016 draft mates. I think, uh, I, I think I'd rather have Pierre-Luc Dubois than fat Austin <laughs> Matthews. All right. Uh, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Um, and then the pressure. Like, for the first time in the decade, in the decade, they are obvious favorites. They've never, ever been in... You say they've had experience. They've never had this kind of experience. They've always been underdogs every single series in the last decade. So how do they handle it? experience. Doesn't though. matter. Doesn't matter. It's still experience. Doesn't matter. They're, they're going to be... In a, they're going to be in big trouble, especially as soon as and and creep into your mind what the Blue Jackets did to Tampa Bay last year. That's going to be in their heads as much as Carey Price is going to be in in Evgeny Malkin's head. So I have jackets and five. Don't forget, Leafs ice, Leafs dressing room means nothing. No means traveling nothing. means nothing. I think it means a lot. No, they're all I, in the same I hotel. Am, I am high. They're all in the on, same hotel. On the Leafs and the Oilers for that reason. I don't think this is getting enough. No, play. no, 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 no. I don't no, think no, it's no. getting enough play. It's getting I think perfect your amount own of dressing play. room is a big factor. They're going to be in the away dressing room some games. You know. That's what they're doing. Yep. Meh. Oh, yeah. It's still the ACC. It's still their ice. <laughs> the Blue Jackets will be in the Leafs dressing room uh, while the Leafs will be in the away dressing room. Yeah, I don't it know. It will happen. I it don't will know. happen. I, I don't think you're giving the... Torts, man. Torts. Just you wait. It, we're we're going to see a clip on, on YouTube or on Twitter about Torts getting guys fired up. You're going to see Dubois like, yelling in French. 
I'm telling you, like, you do not... The Leafs are upset with this matchup. I guarantee you they are upset with this matchup. And don't forget, Nick, in the standings, these teams are, like, separated by one or two points. I don't know, man. Like, if if I had to put money on, like, a series I'm more sure about it, it would be this one. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll the, say this. This is the, the Leafs the, the Leafs' inconsistency... You're either going to get a gangbusters team or you're going to get a bunch of chokers. Agree. And, and I, I really going to come out on fire. I'm going to put my money on no. Based on everything I'm hearing in the camps, like based on what I know about the characters, Austin Matthews being fat. I don't it's not think all about Austin Matthews being fat. Like they have so much many different pieces. Like watching this team for John 60, Tavares has a child. They have so many different pieces they didn't have last year. They did not have Ilya Mikheyev, one of the young stars of this team, who's who can play two ways of the ice and is a fantastic skater and and can really do so many intangibles. And Pierre Engvall, you don't have two guys like that on your Boston roster last year. You you just don't. Boone Jenner will put Mikheyev in the Boone hospital. Jenner, well, then Kyle Clifford's gonna knock him. I'd love Kyle to see that Clifford's scrap. Clifford's got two cups. I'd love to see that scrap. Two cups. Clifford is old and fucking slow as shit. He will not keep up. He, you know what? Keith may not even play him because he's got the his jack- fucking... The Jackets have zero cups. Okay, so this is their first they one. They have zero cups. Shut they have the no players up. who have ever won a Stanley Cup. You know that? So they're hungry. <laughs> the Leafs have players who've been there, done that, and held Lord Stanley's Cup. They know how to get it done. Nick, I'm going with the intangibles on this one. It's going to be the jackets. I, the intangibles is winning cups. I'll put money on it. You're gonna Ten put bucks? Money. Ten bucks. Ten bucks? Ten bucks. Should we shake? Shake. You eat that pizza with your hand? Yeah. I want to shake your other hand. Fucking bitch. <laughs> All right, so ten bucks. Ten I bucks. have the jackets. Ten bucks. Jackets. I promise you. Nick, I promise you. Nick's got ten on the Leafs. Okay. This so be, I just can't see the Leafs being in the laugh lottery. It's not happening. I cannot see that man wearing blue and white. Something about it, it doesn't fit. He will be in the lottery. He's He won't wear blue and white. I won't nope. even entertain that possibility. And Toronto will be in the lottery and they'll lose. Where's the fucking... Why did this thing stop? All right. So if Toronto loses the lottery... They don't have their first rounder. Why not? Because someone else has it. They traded it to... It's top 10 protected, but they will not pick in the top 10. So sure they, they will. No. If they lose today, they will not pick in the top 10. Right. Okay. Yeah. They enough. have to win the lottery yeah, yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. their first rounder. So they're they're fucked. They have to win the lottery. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think these guys are winners. I don't. Eventually everybody's got to win, Kyle. You you got to stop rooting against them. They've been through too much. You got to get over that hurdle at some point. We've seen we saw Ovechkin do it. Say what you want. People said the same thing about him. This guy's not a winner. And then the guy, the guy comes out of nowhere and wins. It the took him over a decade, though. Yeah, and it took these Leafs have been scrapping hard for for a while here, and and I really do believe in the Keefe system. I I do believe they play better defensively when he did replace Babcock. When he did replace Babcock, they scored the most goals in the entire league. In this quick paced hockey that I'm expecting, I just I again I go back to that speed and skill, and and the laughs just have more of it. So, um, I I think finally. Finally, and I haven't predicted this in a while. I always predicted Boston in those series. I always did. But I, I really think they will finally get over that first round hurdle this time. You know what's funny is even if they do win, it's not going to be considered a playoff win. 
From what I heard, I heard, I, love I, heard, I heard the stats are going to count under playoff stats, not the right stats season. will count. But like, when you win this series, you get into the start of the playoffs. Right, so wouldn't that be so Leafs? They win the series, but oh, you for sure, you can't technically call it a playoff, and then they just play Boston and lose. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna like play their guts out to win this series, and then get trounced by the next team. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we have one bet. Okay, yeah. One bet. <clears throat> a modest So bet. we're we're two for four on the series. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Moving on to the West. Moving on to the West. Start at the top. One of the probably series I don't want to miss a game either. This is another big one. Oilers versus Blackhawks. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow. I don't even need to tell you who the fuck is the key pieces here. What I will say is Corey Crawford has been absent from training camp. Do we know why? No, we don't know why. Uh, you also have Duncan Keith um, is going to be healthy and rested. Beautiful. Regular season story. Well, let's be honest, guys. Dry sidle with the Art Ross, the MVP season, McDavid putting up incredible numbers despite the no off season due to the knee injury. This is technically his first off season in a fucking hell of a long time. You know he's been working his ass I off. I finally watched the documentary, by the way. <clears throat> you watched it. Fantastic. Oh my god. You know who I watched it with? Who? Richard Magone. No. I, I thought that guy would really like it. Yeah. Being the whole physio doctor expert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he was enamored. I bet he it was. was. A great it's guy. a great documentary. He was documentary. able to explain all the little minutiae I didn't understand what the doctors yeah. were doing. So Great wow. series, by the way. I'm jealous yeah. of that. Good I'm little jealous tidbit. of that. So, I'm going to get into this later, but we got to talk about McDavid later. Um, f- this is a massive storyline that we need to absolutely note. The Oilers' special teams is unparalleled, unrivaled in the entire NHL. They're incredible. Best power play by at least 4% and like second best penalty kill. It, they're they're far and away the best special teams that we've seen. I don't know when's the last time a team's done that, that's but really, that's really impressive. They're acting like a top team on the special teams. Um, Blackhawks happy to be in town. Um, so we talked about Crawford being missing. Who do you think is going to go in, Koskinen or Smith? They've split time in the season, pretty much fifty fifty. Both have been good. Smith is the veteran. Mike Smith. Uh, He is Dave Tippett's guy. This is a relationship from Arizona. Coaches just like having guys they have experience with, the vets they trust, guys who they have, you know, some kind of rapport with. And and Mike Smith's always been the guy, in my mind, in in, in Edmonton. Albeit, I do like, as the goalie guru myself, the scouting guru, I do like Koskinen more. I think he's a more talented goalie. So short leash? extremely short leash but he mm. gets the nod day one okay um two-headed monster who's who's chicago's backup because they traded robin leonard suban suban yeah. malcolm suban yeah which is a disaster yeah, this team's not in a good that's shape. a disaster they gotta get crawford back whatever they they need to figure that out yeah. um so the two-headed monster looks like they're gonna play separately mcdavid with nuge Dreisaitl with Yamamoto, really, really great coming out party for him. And Kasten will be on that top line too. Uh, you're going to have Andreas Athanasiu on number two line too. So uh, uh, right, I great, forgot about him. great top two lines. He never found his way though. 
No, I no. P- I picked him up in fantasy, no. and he was buried in the fourth line for yeah. a while. And, oh, and I was, was jealous ugly, you picked him up before I did. saga. Yes. Yeah. So Maybe the training camp will help. Yeah. I mean, he'll get a fresh start, and I mean, if things start to go a little south, you put those two together, and they're like magic on ice. So, And don't forget, a couple of years ago when Edmonton was in the playoffs, they made it to round two, Dreisaitl was the best player on the team. Like, he was just, this guy's a horse in the playoffs. I can't even describe this fucking Edmonton team is, is going to be unbelievable. Now, the other side of the coin is the Chicago experience. If you want to give them a little bit of stock, um, they've won in every type of series when they're the, the favorite, when they're not the favorite. Um, savvy veteran experience. They know how to win. My question is, is the motivation there for them? <laughs> that I mean, says it all, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah, that says a, that, it all. That's literally it. But I don't know. I I think. I mean, how can you discount Jonathan Taves? Like he's gonna bring it. He has that Crosby element. Few guys have that element. And, he's gonna and bring he's, it. He's one of them. He's gonna bring it. Yep. Can't say the rest about anybody else on this roster. Not even Patrick Kane. Hmm. And uh, you know, hey, Duncan Keith may have that attitude, but he's he's lost a lot. Of, of, of talent you know, he needs help years and that chicago blue line isn't like it was back in the day those guys yeah. have moved on and when you look at five of the six of these guys they're kind of no names right yeah i mean they're this is arguably one of the worst blue lines in the league i've, I've always disliked <laughs> they're fun they're an entertaining team man those leafs blackhawk games were awesome yeah and kane and matthews are trying to one-up each other and it's just like five four six five like those are awesome um, and we might see that this series, you know, if, if the Edmonton goaltending shady, Chicago bull goaltending shady, like dry yeah. and McDavid on one end, Taves Kane on the other end. I, <clears throat> I could see this being a high scoring series for sure. Right. But I just think there's a little more, there's more dynamics going for that Edmonton team. Like if, if one team's capable of shutting down the other, it's Edmonton, right? With your mm-hmm. Darnell nurse, you know, a, a growing stud, um, you know. Adam Larson, obviously, who they acquired. You're going to have a healthy cleft bomb. Um, I just like they got more pieces on the back end. Mm-hmm. They got the depth up front now with obviously a, a getting Athanasiu only helped in that regard. Um, you know, James Neal, you're not expecting him to put up a goal every game like he was in those first eight games, nine games of the season. He's buried on the fourth line, just kind of a depth score. They just they got more nuance. They got, they got the better coach. You know, that's a huge factor here. I look I, I look at Dave Tippett. He's like Quenville, right? Just as much a veteran, knows how to, you know, get a team going in training camp, big motivator. I just, I, I look at coaching. I think that's a big theme you forgot, and you usually always forget coaching. But I in this, do in that this, on purpose. In this pandemic hockey, how can you discount coaching? Who's going to motivate the, t- the the players to get off their asses and, and play in these three weeks? Am I right? <clears throat> And, and I don't want I don't want the young guy on Chicago, the young coach who I don't even know his name off the top of my head. I don't trust him. <laughs> no. I want to put my money on Dave Tippett. And uh I mean, that's huge. And then the other factor is, again, next point, who needs it more? And this has Edmonton written all, all over it, right? All, all over it. it. Yeah. McDavid needs this. Oh my god. Like he's on home ice, home home city. Again, going back to that bias, I don't think that can be overlooked. And I, I think McDavid's just going to bring his A game, and he's he's his 
play will be so infectious, it will just motivate the rest of the roster to put their best foot forward. This is another one where I, I can't envision the Oilers losing this series. Mm. I have a point here, <clears throat> simply titled, titled McMotivated, because, uh, you know what, uh, Connor McDavid, from everything I've heard about him and, and personal stories, like people I know from Aurora Newmarket who've talked to him, he's, uh, he's one of the most motivated guys that they've ever met. This guy wants a place amongst the greats. He sees this as a real shot at the cup. He so desperately desires to cement himself as one of these greats, and he knows that he has to have playoff success to get it. This is his chance, and he knows it. Like, he's got a huge opportunity here. So I'll be damned if he didn't use this time to be extra, extra prepared. We might see the best McDavid we've ever seen in these playoffs. And and that goes without saying is that well, he's going to be the best player in the playoffs. Without question, I fully wholeheartedly believe that. The last thing I'm going to end this on intangibles-wise, <clears throat> Colby Cave. The last intangible I will leave this on is the late Colby Cave who passed away suddenly from, you know, he was in a coma for a while, and uh, and they, they lost him a good teammate, a good player, Everyone is jumping on the bandwagon. First day of camp, right up on the big screen is we play for Colby. No way. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right on the big screen. It was everyone was talking about it. We play for Colby. So they've got more to play for than themselves. They've got the emotional factor. They got the skill. Oilers in three. Six nothing, six nothing, seven wow. nothing. Not even fucking close. This series is dead and gone. Dead. So is this like uh, a la Ottawa, Brian Murray passing away? Correct. You love these storylines. Correct. You grasp all Correct. over these storylines, man. Correct. And he was a well-liked guy, I'm telling you. There will be no shortage of motivation for this team. Like, there will be deep-rooted motivation from every, every angle that you can possibly find. Yeah. Evan Bouchard is a black ace, like... You got it all. You've got it all. This team is ready for a deep run, and I might even be talking like finals type run. Yeah, I think I, I agree. This this weird non conventional format it, it it plays to those guys like McDavid who who have been grasping for that opportunity to go deep, and every and 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 he his work ethic might just put him and his teammates over the top here. Like I could see this guy going really hard during the pandemic. Not letting you know him 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 to stall and and and, and get get uh, restless. So yeah, I I think uh, I I I'm with you. This this is one of those. I, I said it. I, I'd be shocked if if the Oilers lose this. But we've seen crazy things happen before. So if it happens and, and Kane puts up a hat trick in two games, well then hey. How many games are you saying? For the Oilers. Uh, it's a great point. The Oilers in three. It's a great point. Uh, yeah, I, I'll go Oilers in three, too. I just... Uh, it's the right answer. I, it is the right answer. I, I just don't see... Uh, I, I, I don't see McDavid and Dreisaitl-led team losing to this Chicago team that has zero motivation to be there. You know? Yeah. Like, they're one of those teams like the Rangers where I'm like, uh, like, what do you what do you have to gain here? You know, like you're in this rebuild, like just go on with your rebuild. Like this never had to happen, you know? Yeah. Just happy to be there. Get your television money and get out. 
Yeah. Agreed. So, Edmonton and three. Love it. Okay. <clears throat> Again, a, a series where I don't want to miss a game. Uh, here's a series where I want to miss every game, and they're not going to see a hint of prime time, is the Predators and the Coyotes. Big nice. drama here. And you know what? <clears throat> There's actually a bit of drama. Like, talk about fucking underachievers. This is the this is the series of underachievers, if you ask me. Taylor Hall, underachiever. Kessel, underachieved massively. Clayton Keller, underachieved. Um, go down the list. I mean, their goalies are fantastic. Darcy Kemper, 928, 2.22 goals against. Antti Ranta, 921, 2.63 goals against. Now let's shift to the Predators here. Underachievers, Philip Forsberg, underachieved. Ryan Johansson, underachieved. Victor Arvidsson, massively underachieved. Matt Duchesne, who's Matt Duchesne anymore? Did he just go for the fucking music and the dancing? Kyle Turris, who the fuck's Kyle Turris anymore? Like, what the fuck happened? Other than Yossi, who had a, like, maybe a career year. Yeah. What the fuck happened to this team? Ugh. So yeah. that that happened. Nashville's got a slight edge in goals for per game, but Arizona is third in goals against per game. So we've got a clear, clear advantage here, Arizona defensively, which a lot of people are like, you'd be surprised that Nashville always got the hype for being the best defensive core. Yeah. It's just not the case. The systems maybe have, have broken down. You've got a, the Norris winner, I think, who's definitely going to win the Norris and Roman Yossi. Um, but fuck, what what are we going to do here with these underachievers? The question to me is who is going to, who's got the most to prove? Who's going to be the guy to break out of their ugly season? Who wants to turn it around? So uh, there's a lot to go over here. Uh, it's a boring series to me, but there's a lot going on. Boring, yes, but uh, yeah, it's it's like it's an interesting like I when I look at the storylines here, it is interesting because like Nashville's that team who you can't discount the deep runs they've had. You know, conference final, Stanley Cup final, the Vets are still there, the OCs, the Renes, they're all still there. They deserve a run. They deserve a cup. You know, but at the same time. Don't discount the pressure on the Coyotes. This is a team that trades for Taylor Hall without even having negotiated a contract extension, right? Yeah. This is a team that, you know, trades for Phil Kessel. You know, that mm. he's a weird character you bring into your dressing room, right? Those two are weird, eh? Very to put weird. together? Very like, weird. As you, a combo? You've got, you got to question the character on this team. That's weird, you got man. to question the character on the 100%, Arizona Coyotes. 100%. Um, so... I, I don't know. As much as there's that winning culture that's been established in Nashville that they need to repeat, uh, there's also the the whole Coyotes. And, 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 and if they can retain Taylor Hall, I'm, I think winning this series would go a long way in winning his trust, right? Yeah. And having a team like that where you're just hoping the franchise stays in place for the next few years, I think you need a guy like Taylor Hall there. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a question of, you know, do, 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 is he the right fit? Like, I just think you need the brand name recognition. Because mm -hmm. you're not going to get other brand name guys to go to Arizona, right? Yeah. So, this is a big moment for that franchise and, and that young general manager. And uh, I, th I think they got to they gotta make something happen here. The nice thing is, health-wise, I got to give the edge to Arizona because they got the, the two goalies back, right? 
Kemper historically has been one of the best statistically sound goalies in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And you got him back fully healthy. And if he dips, Antiront is a great plan B. Yeah, and and Nashville's given you no reason to trust their goalies oh. late, right? Rene has no. been the definition of choke in the playoffs. Gross. And and Saros is some five nine guy who, you know, he's been he gets too much hype. Yeah, he's five eleven. He gets way too much hype. Yeah, and for 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 what he is, I, too many guys are always like, oh, this is the year he breaks out. This is the year he breaks out. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> so. I got to give the goaltending advantage to Arizona. I think their D is extremely underrated. Uh, that whole Rick Tockett system, you see the stats. They don't lie. For people who look at the D and go, who's 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 Jason Demers? Who's Ilya Labushkin? Like, just shut up, man. Just let the numbers speak for themselves. Like, like you got to, like, over 70 games, this team was, what, the second best defensive team in hockey? What do I got here? Uh, Arizona, third best defensive team in hockey. 23 offense, third defense. So those numbers don't lie over 70 games. That's not a fluke. And and you got you got vets there, like Nick Yalmerson, who's won cups with with uh, Chicago. You got Oliver Ekman Larson, who's been there for so long, his whole career. Um, I just, I like their depth on D. I like the goalies. And then up front, uh... That's the one question mark. I do think Nashville inherently just has more going for it up front, right? I mean, with the Forsbergs and the Arvidsons and the Rocco Grimaldis and those characters, you know? Love those guys. Austin Watson, good playoff guy. Duchesne still hasn't shown himself, you know? You got to think. Something's there. Something's got to be there. there. And he's he's running out of time, you know? He's got to make something of his trip in Nashville. So, um... Yeah, it's again, it's a clumsy series. It's one of those you don't really feel comfortable picking either team, you know? It's yeah. such a such a weird one. But uh without getting into too many factors, without spending too much time on this series because I know we don't want to. Yeah. Uh I I I am happy picking the Arizona Coyotes to beat the Nashville Predators. How many games? Uh, I think, yeah, I think it'll go. I, I could see it going the distance. Okay. I could see it going five. <clears throat> yeah, I, f- I hate the Arizona forwards. I hate them. Yeah. That being said, Kessel is a noted and decorated playoff performer. We've seen him do it. Taylor Hall, probably considered the best forward in the series at his best. Uh, but the Arizona center depth is pure awful. And, and technically, Nashville should walk all over them with the Johansson and Duchesne and, and company as a center depth. Uh, Roman Yossi is the best player in the series. Um, I see kind of poor leadership on both sides, to be honest. Like, n- nothing that jumps out at me. Uh, I see maybe as an intangible Hall playing for free agent money, not only the Stanley Cup, but can he recoup some of that money that he's going to maybe try to get in free agency? Uh, Arizona goaltending will probably dictate the series. And uh, in my mind, Coyotes are more desperate here because they've just struggled to gain any sort of traction in this National Hockey League. And they need this win. They need some success to, let's let's be honest, start building a fan base. Um, so how do I think this is going to go? I think Nashville's offense is going to dictate most of the play. Arizona's D will be good enough to weather the storm. Star players like Hall and Kessel will strike at opportune times. Kemper steals the series. Arizona in five. 
Wow. More unanimity here at the Rink Moose table. (laughs) To everyone's dismay. Yeah, sorry, guys. We're we're right on the money in the West so far. It's because we don't know anything. All right. Canucks Wild. Good series. This is going to be... This is going to be the most underrated series. I'm calling it right now. No one's expecting this to be a great series. This is going to be a great series. I could see that maybe happening. Great series. In terms of key pieces, the one guy I want to note here is JT Miller. With 72 points in 69 games, really underrated. You don't hear him talked about too much, but he may have actually led the team in points. I think I heard someone say, I'm not 100% sure on that. But man, the big storyline here, we're all excited for this, aren't we? You get to see the young guns of Vancouver, Pedersen, Horvat, Besser, Hughes, enter the playoffs for the first time. One of the most exciting teams versus one of the most least exciting teams. This is a tale of two tapes, Nick. Let's be honest. You say it's going to be an interesting series, and I think you're right, but for all the, not wrong reasons, but it's going to be two styles going against each other. The ideologies Mm. will clash. Yay. Because... You know, you've got Canucks young core versus the old and boring wild core. Who are you cheering for? The core of the wild is very much veteran, old, Parise, Stahl. What the fuck's going on here? Suter, what the fuck? Like, yes, you have Fiala. And was he a flash in the pan this year? Maybe. Um, But you've also got stellar defense. You've got... Like I said, Suter, Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen, great. A-plus for on paper for defense. What the fuck's going on with the goalies, though? Oh. Markstrom, A-plus, yeah. thumbs up. Maybe even a, 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 a Vesna caliber season. Dubnik. You had Dubnik in the fantasy hockey well, we, universe, we, right. didn't we, you? We go back to that Russo article <laughs> I read for the audience in September, right? They have the best D in the league. They're going to do everything to suppress all the offense. The goalies just have to be decent. And boy, oh boy, were the goalies way below decent. They laid an egg. I ate crow. So bad. And uh, I actually didn't eat crow because I had them as a playoff team, and they did make the playoffs. (laughs) Sure. Wow, come on. So I will pat myself on the back for that. But the goalie, that one element in my fantasy roster really took a big hit. I think I dropped him after a few months, so. Yeah, that did not work, and that that of course is the concern here, right? I, I look at the 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 whole if we want to go like you know the easy offense defense goalie, um, D I give the edge to Min, but then the offense and the goalies I gotta give to the uh, Vancouver Canucks. But here's the big thing: you see, when you said big storyline, I totally got it wrong. I thought you know what I thought you were about to say. Wait, uh, what? The debut of hailing from Novotkutsknik, Russia. Oh, no, 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 no. Kirill Kaprasov. No, actually. He That's can't the play. Big sto- Wait, he's not playing? He can't play. Why not? I don't think he's allowed Why to play. Why is he play. getting so much play? Uh, let me look this up really quick. But I, I believe he signed, no but way. he can't play. Why are they making, why are they making such a big storyline out of it then? Well, I think like there there was questions on whether he would actually sign, but I don't think. Yes, look, yeah, Wild signed Kaprizov, Canadians and Romanov both can't play. So yeah, he's he's he can't play. Yeah, 
Ugh, he, he's done terrible. So for next year, great. Terrible. But, they really needed him. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Oh my they God, need whatever yeah. Whatever help they can get up front, you they know. They needed him bad, so bad. Yeah, I when I watch. Does they, this change your prediction? <laughs> this, well, I'll, I'll be honest. This is the one. This is the one of those three that I had to do research and really delve into that I couldn't make my mind up. This is the hardest one to predict for me. Yep. Um, just because you know how much I love my Minnesota team, I want to keep going for them. But at the same time, I I have so much respect for like a so like a you know a great goaltending team like Markstrom and Demko out back, and then you know. Your D is not terrible. I mean, no. like Quinn Hughes is a stud, and then Edler's been there, done that. Tyler Myers has been there, done that. Chris Tanev has been a longtime veteran there in Vancouver. So don't let the – you know, you look at the, the Min D and you go, oh, that's great. Well, don't let the Vancouver D, you know, look bad either. And then uh, their depth up front, I mean, they've been criticized for so long for spending money on free agents. But, uh, I mean, you can't discount, you know – Having guys like JT Miller was a great haul. And, 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 and you know, you're going to have veterans like Jay Beagle there on your fourth line. So they got that. Um, to Foley, they got at the deadline. Don't forget about yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be on and the And then Pedersen the game breakers, line. right? You don't, like, here's the thing. Min doesn't have game breakers, right? It goes back to that argument. And Van's built on game breakers. Pedersen can take a game apart. Uh, Besser can take a game apart. Um there's just more flash there. Yeah. And, you know, that that's, that's enticing. But at the same time, Minnesota, I love their style of play. I really think when they brought that new coach in for Boudreaux, they really caught fire. Um, you know, the, the players really bought into him and his, and his system. Um, who needs it more? Probably Van. You know, Min just yeah. looks like an Alexi Lafreniere team. It just does. Feels that way, doesn't Van it? Van doesn't? Yeah. It just feels weird having Van in that lottery, you know? Yeah. And Min seems like they should be in that lottery. And, you know, we talked about, even when we had Michael on the show months ago, like we were talking about, was this the ghost tank in Min, right? When they traded away all those players at that deadline, right? Right. Like, is, is this them trying to compete, but also tanking at the same time? Like, it goes back to that argument, who needs it more? And I just think Vancouver's yearning for a second-round playoff series, right? Yeah. Like, they they, they <clears> haven't <throat> made the playoffs, and then when they do make the playoffs, you know, they get they lose to, like, a team like Calgary. Like, that's all I can remember in, in recent years since the Luongo era. So, I just feel they, they need it more. They have the game-breakers. Like I said, it's more speed and skill in this style as opposed to checking and, and, and all that stuff. Min needs laugh. Vancouver doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, you can tell from my tone. I'm trying to make. I I had no prediction made going into this, and I'm still trying to make it. Right. But man, I just have no faith in in Devin Dubnik. No. Or or not. or Staylock. I think he was kind of a flash in the pan when he had his little run. So. Oh, this is tough. He's hurting, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't I, you want me to go first? Yeah, then, go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Can- the Canucks are going to be the more motivated bunch. I really do see this Minnesota team, old veterans, they know they're not going deep. Happy to be there. Let's play a couple games, have a couple beers in the hotel, and get the fuck out of here. 
I really don't see them very motivated at all. The Canucks have the star power. I think they're going to bring it. I think the Minnesota Wild are going to try to grind the game down. It's the only chance they have. I don't think it's going to work. Um, and uh, the one thing I will say, the one crux of the Canucks, their leadership. Bo Horvat is the captain of the team. He just had a child about two weeks, three weeks old. I don't think he's been working out very much. I don't think he's very motivated to be there. That's And I, I usually love Bo, Bo Horvat, but uh, that's the only crux I'll throw in there. That being said, I have Canucks in three. It's not going to be a, a blowout like an Edmonton kind of series, but it's going to be the Canucks in three hard-fought games, well-earned, that Minnesota doesn't just die, but they fight for it, but they lose every game. So sad. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. The Like, the veterans will, will ensure there's a consistent effort, but it's simply not enough, and it's like a hopeless, futile effort, you know? Yeah, yeah, better goalie, team needs it more, instantaneous offense when they need it. Those Are you excited point- to see Patterson out there just yeah. dicking no, around? Yeah, no, I agree, it's instantaneous offense. Those points speak to me more than defensive structure, veteran presence. Yeah. Schmack. <laughs> like it doesn't. That doesn't excite me as much as the first phrase, and it pains me to say it when I picked this team when I was high on them you know, at the start of the season. So, yeah, I, I think this is one of those times where I, I got to, like, pass the torch to, like, the speed and the skill team. It's like the Kings. Like, I like I, I embrace what you're going for, but I got to pass the torch to, like, the, <clears throat> the better team, you know? Yeah. And uh, the Kaprasov thing, that's just news to my ear right now. So that, right. that's kind of discouraging to yeah. hear. Very discreet. He could have been an X factor. Yeah, he really could have been. So uh, yeah, I got to agree. I'll go Van, but I'll go Van in five. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I think they sure. go five, and then Dude Nick lays an egg, and they decide a game, <laughs> and it's all his fault. Oh, I wish Boudreaux was still coaching the team. His face turned into a tomato. Oh my God! Just to hear his sound bites and the reactions on the bench. We, great yeah god he needs yeah okay oh well you can always dream yeah last series the of final the whole series thing jets flames a series that wow I, is this a is this a quote can't miss series uh, kyle you were you gotta it, stay glued to the television no nah, you know what it's just missing that mark oh. of can't miss simply because i don't have a lot of faith in calgary <laughs> I'm not a Calgary guy. Like, I will be 100% honest. I, I look at them a lot like the Leafs. I think they're a bunch of, like, I think they're losers. One thing I have to point out right away. So, so key pieces here. Um, I love all the guys on the Jets, all the key core pieces. I, I will say, like I said before, I don't think Line A has taken this offseason well. He, he was on quote to say, if I play this summer... I bet you anything I'm going to look awful. He said that. He hasn't put on skates once until the camp started. It's fucking despicable. The guy needs to get off fucking Fortnite. He's pissing me off, and I'm starting to get tired of it. That being said, all that aside, hellebuck. We're going to get to him later. 
but he he's he might even have an MVP vote for some people, uh, just based on how this defense was dismantled. But looking over to Calgary, I mean, Gaudreau, no show. Monahan, where the fuck are you? Kachuk, respect. <laughs> um, Hamannick, good guy. Hamannick, yeah. opted out. Yeah. He's the one guy. The one like actual roster important guy who opted out. Yeah. Go fucking yeah. figure on the yeah. Calgary Flames. Talbot and Riddick don't know who's gonna play. Two very average goalies. Um regular season stats very similar. Nothing to really write home about. Calgary has a clear edge in the penalty kill, however. Um now the big first storyline I want to get to right off the bat. In terms of pressure, the big story in my head is how Calgary folded like a cheap house of cards last year. There's going to be a ton of pressure on them to perform. Um, and if, if they don't, I think they're actually going to blow it up, Nick. Like, I honestly think if mm. things go south, Calgary will just yeah, reevaluate completely. Long uh, meanwhile, Winnipeg has stayed motivated and competitive despite losing a ton of guys in defense. Against all odds, they've tried as best they could to keep at this uh so i see that as an advantage to uh winnipeg less pressure overall yeah i i i go back to pittsburgh montreal i had three points i'm gonna lay three points on you here point number one it's obviously the goaltending you have oh. the, you have the unanimous vezina trophy winner it's not even a contest to be had not even a discussion to be had Connor Hellebuck's going to win the Vezina this year. He's coming off a fantastic year. I know it's been four months. I know it's been a long layoff. But, man, like these these Calgary goalies just, they give me, again, Riddick was a guy I drafted in fantasy. And, and he wasn't that impressive for me, you know? He's kind yeah. of a hothead. He, he He's immature. Yeah. He lets the game get to him. He, he doesn't handle the mind games very well. When he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's just really off. Hellebuck's just always been stable. He's been through playoff series. He's been there, done that. Got to give the nod to him. Point number two, and this is related to the veteran presence. Winnipeg's just been there, done that. They they, they have the, the veteran. Do not forget, this team almost beat St. Louis last year. Mm. You know, I, I believe they were up on St. Louis 2-1, and, and St. Louis needed a Jaden Schwartz overtime goal or something to, to beat Winnipeg at home to make it like 2-2 or 3-2 for like that was a closer series than a lot of people give thought to and that could have really spelled disaster for for St. Louis's cup run so don't forget about that don't forget Winnipeg two years before or a year before that faced Vegas in the West final like this team's just been through a lot the Shikley's the Wheelers the Kyle Connors the Lineys, the Hellebucks they've been through a lot and I and I just that's terrifying you got the ghosts fuck I hope not. We got some Last of Us clickers coming Holy in here. Holy fuck, ladies and gentlemen. That was terrifying. Something I wonder what that'll fell be. Yeah. over there. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> as I was saying, yeah, I mean, been there, done that. I got to give the, the veteran edge to Winnipeg. How can I vote against the 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 helmet selling with Blake Wheeler when he scores those shootout goals and oh. flips his helmet off and oh. tacks the chin strap. Like, it's oh. just such a power move. Don't get me going. How can, I, how can I bet against this guy? The guy's too cool. He's arguably the coolest player in the whole league. Yeah. And the Winnipeg Jets have him. So, 
Got to give the nod to them. And then number three, Nick goes back to his coaching. Paul Maurice is a elite head coach. He's been everywhere in the business. He handles the media the best out of any coach in the league. He's a savvy veteran, savvy, smart guy. He will do the right things to get his team motivated. This guy on Calgary, fresh face, came in for Bill Peters amid that whole racial scandal. I just don't trust the uh, the coaching staff there in, in Calgary. I trust Paul Maurice. I'll put my money on Paul Maurice. I'll put my money on Connor Hellebuck, <clears throat> and I'll sure as hell put my money on Blake Wheeler. <clears throat> I'll ask you two questions. Who's the best player on the Winnipeg Jets? Blake Wheeler. Who's the best player on the Calgary Flames? Brady Kachuk. Okay. Respect. Respect. I'm glad you didn't say Johnny Hockey. Oh, no, come on. A lot many He's lost pe- favor. Many people many would people. say Johnny Hockey. He was their offensive leader for much of the last three years. And uh, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You compare the core of the Winnipeg Jets to this Calgary Flames team, it's not even close. I think Kachuk is a, is a wild factor here. I don't like the Winnipeg's center depth, but they have one of the best goalies in the league. Or their D-depth, for that matter. No, not really. No, honestly. Right? That's been the hurdle all year, but the goalies just bailed them out. They do. Yeah, they lean on they lean on Hellebuck Buck a lot, a but lot. I, think he can, I think he can take it. If they're adequate, if... Winnipeg defense does the like I, job. I like Calgary's defense better. I just do. Oh, no, I, I, I don't disagree. But I think if they're adequate, they oh, get the yeah. job done. Yeah. Um, I think this series is bound to get nasty and physical. Mm. Like, I think it's just going to turn into that kind of series. Mm. And in that case, I, I slightly favor Winnipeg in that way. Yeah. Uh, as long as you keep Kachuk away from Line because I think Line is the one guy liable to fall into those antics, mm. then I think you're going to be okay. Um, Hellebuck will steal two games on his own. Winnipeg will do the rest. After this loss, Flames management will completely mm-hmm. destroy this core. I say Jets in four. And, and they look like a laugh team. They do. Calgary looks yes. like a Lafreniere team. I could see that. Uh, I could see that. So, yeah, in that respect, they deserve to be in the lottery. They probably should be in the lottery. I think management knows it. I think they know <laughs> this is the end of the road here for this core. Um. Yeah, that's that's really all I got to say. It's funny. It's a weird matchup because you, you think, okay, two Western Canadian teams. There must be some rivalry here. There must be something, right? These teams only played once in the whole regular season. Really? Which is amazing. Yeah, it was, I was really surprised to see that. Wow. Winnipeg won. Um, I think it was a pretty close game. But hearing that and that there was really no bad blood here, you know, that's kind of the one where I'm like, okay, will it get that physical? It, it's hard to tell. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it'll it'll be a fun late-night television kind of thing. Like, I think they, yeah. got, they got the 10-30 game on opening night, so that'll be nice to watch after Pittsburgh-Montreal. So, um, what a great day. Yeah, it's going to be good for the Canadians, good to tune in. But, again, I just I got to lean to the veterans, got to lean to the goalie, got to lean to the coach. This, this one was easy for me. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg. How many games? Uh, I'll go Winnipeg in uh, four. Solid. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement on every West. Yeah. West so the two match. disagreements have been the Leafs and the... Uh, was it 
Rangers? Or? Rangers, Carolina. You said Carolina? Yeah. Okay. So gotcha. either one of ones one of us is gonna sweep the other two O or we're gonna split. And we have money down. We have money on one of them. <laughs> Ten bucks. It's great. On the Leafs and the Hey, we should do a bracket with the boys. Oh, yeah, like we did last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. For for more money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just tough because you can't really get too far ahead until you know the seedings, right? It's it's very unconventional. Right. Maybe the bracket will start after playing. Yeah, I think so. Okay. You do the play-in, and then when we're back to best of seven, yeah, typical playoff format, then the whole bracketology bullshit will start. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So is that it, Kyle? That's all we got. Wow. Super excited. I hope this next couple of weeks fly by, and then we get into some serious, yeah, unconventional, well, once-in-a-lifetime I hockey. guess the next episode will be... The long time coming Alexi Lafreniere party. Really? You don't want to do a... Well, I'm just saying, like, this round goes from August oh, 1st to yeah. 9th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the lottery's held. Right. And then the playoffs start on the 11th. Right. So the, that's going to be weird. We're going to have to do, like, two shows in one. Right. Like, the live react plus prediction. Yeah. Yeah, it's, ambitious. it's crazy. It's crazy. Very ambitious. And then, of course, The Last of Us Part 2 spoiler talk. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, if you subscribe to our Patreon, <laughs> you will get a, exclusive access to our new podcast, Rink Moose Plus. Oh! Our video game podcast in which we will be opening with our spoiler-filled discussion <clears throat> of The Last of Us Part 2. Joking, that was all fake and don't read into it's any of that. It's not fake. Not Subscribe, you fuckers. We need money. Subscribe. Kyle needs more decorations in this basement. He needs to cover up this whatever is behind you. Insulation. Insulation, yeah. He needs some help here, folks. So The uh, studio needs upgrades. Yeah. If you want to get our spoiler-filled chat of The Last of Us, subscribe to our Patreon. $1 a month would be fa- fabulous. Um, and then we'll spoil the last of us for you. Spoil the last of us for you. That's what you get for giving us a dollar of your money. There you um, go. So yeah, we'll get into all that fun stuff next time. And uh, yeah, that's a packed episode. Boy oh boy, it was. Yeah, not our longest, but very much content. No, I'm rich. just saying coming up. Yeah. Oh, this next one. Yes. Live react. Yeah. Playoff prediction. Agreed. Spoiler filled chat. That's a lot. Six hours, maybe. <laughs> We'll see. Might have to make part one and part two. I don't know if Spotify will let us do that. I don't know. Like I said, two parts or something. Jesus Christ. That's, that's crazy. I, yeah, it's going to be nice to find out where that French Canadian's finally going. It's been too long. It almost is getting like just fatiguing. Do you, do you want to make a, like an early, early prediction right now? No. Really? I'm getting to talk about it. Um, I, I just don't know. There's 16 teams to choose from, you know? like Yeah. But don't you want to be right this. today? Rather if you gave than... me a heads up, I could have given you. I got nothing right now. Right. Fine. We'll talk about it on the sh- on the show. Okay. We'll do uh same thing as last time. We'll do our live react. We'll have the GoPro going. Okay. We'll, we'll do the predictions of not only the lottery, but also the, the playoffs. So, yeah. we uh, last Next time you hear from us, uh, uh, hockey will be ongoing. Crazy to say that. It will have started. Wow. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy the playing rounds as much as we will. It's, I hope to God it even happens. This might have been for nothing. Maybe. Don't some, you dare. Okay. Don't even put that out okay, there. Okay, okay. So hockey should happen. Stay tuned. 
it should be fun. Lots of lots of things to digest. Will Will Matthews throw up mid game and throw up all his empanadas on the ice because he's overweight? I don't know. Matthews is fat. Who knows? Lots of lots of storylines. So it's going to be uh, an interesting time, and uh, we hope you guys uh, really enjoy it. So for both of us here at Rink Moose here in the basement in Markham, Ontario, Canada, uh, we look forward to our next edition of the show. The definitive Alexi Lafreniere draft lottery edition. So until next time, take care. It's been a pleasure to serve you. Rink Moose is signing off. Matthews is fat. <laughs>